stands The dice rule every random chance Take off your coat and stay a while We'll roll in that deep percent time Hi everyone, it's Dave. Uh, I've got a few call-ins to play to you. I'm very pleased to receive them, as usual. Uh, it's quite a backlog here. Um, Jason in particular has been going through the back catalogue and uh, so he's, he's gathered a few together. Um, but there's a, there's a few things I'm keen to respond to there, so I'll play you the whole lot. We'll see how much I get through in my self-imposed 20-minute limit. Before I do that, Gosh, exciting weekend of gaming approaches. I'm well and truly back into it after a summer break. So, well, where to start? Saturday is Owlbear and Wizard's Staff, where I'm going to be playing my Savage Worlds Kung Fu Cops game. Dragged my heels over prepping it in the summer, but a few things this week have really come together. I've realised how to make that both distinctively kung fu-y but also properly an introduction to Savage Worlds Adventure Edition rather than just a whole bunch of homebrew rules to make uh, to make martial arts work so I've come up with something really I'm really pleased with what I've come up with there and I'll probably report on that uh, on Monday unless uh, unless other things come up I'm really excited about Albert. looking forward to meet Baz King of Dungeons. I don't think I'll be playing in his game. I presume he's running King of Dungeons, but I'm hoping to pin him down. Maybe I'll get him to give me a few words for the podcast. So that's one thing. Anyway, Owlbear, so I'll be running a game. I can't remember what game I've signed up for. Probably a version of Dungeon Crawl Classics, Mutant Crawl Classics, uh, but we'll see. Uh, so that is fantastic. Uh, still got a little bit of work to do prepping that. In the evening... Uh, It moved around, but in the evening I'll be playing in Arlen's game of Paladin, which I believe is a sort of variant of Pendragon, which I've never played. Spent some time a couple of weeks ago with Arlen rolling up the character. That was a wonderful... I wish I'd recorded that on reflection, because that was a wonderful, convoluted, random tables experience. It looked for a moment, with what I rolled, whether I was going to be stuck as a squire forever, because I I was not the most accomplished uh, paragon of chivalry. But I just managed to scrape through. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. I imagine there will be quite a lot of pitch battle combat and uh, armour and severing of limbs so I'm really looking forward to that that's Saturday night so Saturday's going to be a huge game just hoping the trains don't let me down and I get back in time and then Thursday night well it's Friday morning really I mentioned my regret last week at having missed Larry follow me and die the first session of of his original D&D procedurally generated game. Really excited to be playing in a, in a, well Larry's been talking about it a bit on his podcast, but a super procedurally generated game. And uh, I'm already feeling exhausted at the thought of turning up in the middle of the night and then trying to get some work done on Friday, but I absolutely cannot be the player that lets it down the second week in a row. So I will be there and I will likely be a hobbit and I'm very shortly going to press the button on roll 20 to generate uh, to generate my attributes. I said hobbit, didn't I? I meant halfling. Um, 
I'm only doing that because I mentioned to Shandy Andy that I'd give it a go. I think we're going to end up being an all-halfling party. The ironies pile on. I'm aware of this, but I'm going to give it a go, see what all the fuss is about. So that's my weekend, and no doubt when you hear from me on Monday, I will be regretting it. Then things die down a little bit, get back to King of Dungeons the following week uh, and see, see which one of Larry's next sessions I can actually uh, afford to attend. Oh yeah, I should say, Shandy Andy mentioned he'll be going to Albert and Wizard Staff, so I'm going to meet another anchorite. That'll be my first ever face-to-face meeting with a real, actual, living, breathing anchorite. I don't know, there might be another couple going along. I'll let you know if I find any. Uh, but let's get stuck into the call-ins now, starting off with Jason, who has recently started the Nerds RPG Variety cast, and I am very much recommending that you pop over and check that one out. Hey Dave, Jason here, working through your back catalogue. One episode 14 in Shock About 13 Age was set-piece battles and having design around those set-piece battles. And I've got a bunch more of your podcasts to go through, so you, you may have addressed this or addressed other things, but we've been going back on the forums about, well, I say forums, on the, um, on the Audio Dungeon Discord about ICRPG. And I think that is one of the failings. Well, it's one of the faults or quirks of ICRPG is it's really hard to do super freeform. I'm not saying it can't be done, but generally rooms are built as set-piece rooms. They're built with a room target number, and you pre-build the monsters in the room, the traps that are in the room, and the DM is rolling, uh, you know, that die. Hold on. The DM is rolling that timer die to see when the next thing happens. So they have to have this kind of figured out. So ICRPG, while I'm sure somebody can run it just off the cuff with no prep, really lends itself to prepping the rooms and prepping everything ahead of time. So that may be something that's kind of nigging at the back of your head if you know you have the same kind of concern with 13th Age. Just want to throw that out there. I'm not talking bad things about ICRPG, but I did notice that similarity. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, cheers very much, Jason. Very interesting. This, to me, illustrates the sort of bizarre feeling that I have when I read that ICRPG rule book because what appeals to me from ICRPG is precisely that I do see it as a great rules-light, play-on-the-fly experience. And then I see those pages and pages of diagrams and really quite crunchy um, set-piece battle descriptions. Um, but I think my perception, I haven't run ICRPG or played it yet, but my perception is different from yours. My perception is I'll just do away with those pages. I, mean, I did not find them uh, easy to read. I did not find that they particularly encapsulated a great deal of um, indispensable wisdom i just thought this is weird this is jarring with my idea of how i would run uh, a rules light um, play it on the fly theater of mindy type game so i just i'm going to ignore them actually my my, my version of icrpg i reckon the rules the rules you need are going to fit on half a page there are then it's part, of, uh, it's part of the author's style, I know. A lot of the book is essays, essays on how to do this, how to do that. I think that's great, but um, my rule book would be 
the half a page on which all the rules fit then I would want um, the loot tables of course and the first thing you do when you <laughs> when you when you homebrew your setting is make your own loot table I think that's what makes your setting distinctive and then the classes and again the classes are minimally defined they've just got a little loot list so those would be things which I would homebrew immediately so what I pull out of that ICRPG book I've sort of enjoyed reading the essays although as I say his take on gaming and the way I can't remember off the top of my head, but there are just these mystical throwaways, you know, these kind of, and after all, da-da-da-da, and I look at those and go, no, I don't get it. I don't get after all, da-da-da-da-da. I just don't, I don't see the, uh, the insight there. Just pause while this little helicopter goes overhead. Yeah, so I'm keen to, um, I'm keen to run ICRPG, um, and I just, you know, there's just a whole chunk of that, or multiple chunks. Oh, there's, they're all over. Uh, multiple chunks of that rule book that I would just do away with, I think. Um, yeah, interesting, your take on it. Hey, Dave, Jason here. Just calling in your mental illness episode. I think it really depends on the group you're playing with. I mean, even if everybody's okay with it, really, you probably shouldn't play it as a joke. It's, you know, kind of crass, but... If everybody's okay with somebody playing somebody with a split personality or, you know, a Harley Quinn or a Joker kind of character, then, or in riffs, you know, you're um, crazy, the character archetype, then I don't see an issue with it. As, as far as the superhero thing goes, you, you know, you mentioned Joker. You know, of course, we have Harley Quinn's another example of that. And then Marvel's announced their Moon Knight. It's going to be a, I believe Moon Knight's going to be on DC Plus or whatever the DC streaming service is. In the comics, Moon Knight has multiple personalities, and, and he's pretty out there. Some of the Moon Knight comics are, you know, really play that up. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with it on the streaming show. Well, thanks for that, Jason. I did not know that about Moon Knight. Um, I recognize him to look at, but I don't even know what his... Um his powers are my kids are quite excited about moon knight because he's got a very distinctive look and they play the lego games whole bunch of heroes on those lego games i've never heard of um i'm a big i was a big 2000 ad fan but i never collected them the uh the superhero stuff so uh, my awareness is limited but i'm excited if it's got that uh that psychological angle of course i like deadpool deadpool's got the uh the split personality thing going in some iterations of the character. Um, yeah, yeah, cheers for that. I'll look out for Moon Knight. Hey Dave, Jason here. Just finished going through your back catalog. Reference a tribute saving throws that you talked at yeah, that you talked about a long time ago and thief skills. I agree with you. I think attribute saving throws work fine instead of regular saving throws and work fine to replace all the thief skills. You have plus four, minus four for easy hard. I, I like ICPRG's plus three, minus three. And then you anything that's a thief skill written in the book, you give the thief advantage. Let them roll two dice and take the best one. As they get better, you know, high levels, maybe give them double advantage where they roll three dice take the best one. And then you can differentiate how well they did by how close they rolled to their number. So if he has a 16 dex and he rolls a 15, he succeeded super well. And if you rolled a four, he succeeded, but, you know, barely. And, and you could do and you just break that up by upper half and lower half or in quarters to divvy it up and that way you're not locked into certain numbers. I hope that makes sense. Take care. Bye. 
Thanks, Jason. I mean, firstly, thanks for sticking with it. As I said before, don't let it become a chore, but, uh, but you're probably single-handedly doubling my download count by working your way through the back catalogue, so I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, lots to think about there. Look, people have dealt with um, skill-type roles in lots of different ways I see in the OSR. I heard an interesting one from, I think it was on, it was Tenkar. Tenkar mentioned one I hadn't heard before, which is, well, role D6 is against attribute, and then you can actually reflect difficulty in the number of number of D6s. So if it's relatively easy, roll three D6 against attribute, and if it's a bit more difficult, roll four D6 against attribute. I hadn't heard that one. I thought that was quite good. Um, I don't know exactly where you'd need to uh, where you'd need to set the dials, uh, but that was interesting. Oh yeah, I knew there was something else I wanted to say about that. I mean, I, I just do think that uh, the OSR or reimagined OSR games that get rid of that weird set of saves are doing the right thing. So that's the first thing. But then I thought, here's a nice bit of fun. I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast already or somebody else's podcast. Maybe it was on the Audio Dungeon Discord, but you know, the Anchorites appreciate Arneson Month is approaching in October. One of the things Ray Otis suggested when he suggested having this month was that we make uh, we, 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 we make a micro game and talk through the creation of that game as a podcast episode. I've got lots of different ideas for a micro game. I'm definitely going to do it. But I thought, what if we flipped that on its head? What if we say, okay, the saves are a bit weird. What if we said, though, Let's imagine a game that only has the saves. So you get everything else out, you strip everything else out, and then you just have characters that are defined by their saves, um, which would lead you in the old, you know, the traditional way of you, you look on your character sheet and every, every, every problem takes the shape of something you've got on your character sheet. Well, I just thought, what about a world in which all of the perils and challenges and possibilities for interaction were defined by that quirky list of saves that you find in the early editions. I thought that could make for a really interesting um, beer and pretzels session. So I might explore that. I'm keen to hear what people think about that. All right, Jason, so thank you again for the epic effort of going through my back catalogue. Now we've got Joe Richter of Hindsightless and Wheel or Woe. Dave, what up? It's Joe, man. Um... Yeah, I'm glad that you got something out of my little mini discussion inspired by you. Um, but it makes me laugh that you see an apocalypse world described as a sexy game. I mean, yeah, there is a sex move, but, you know, it's it's more or less sort of in the background. A real sexy game is Monster Hearts. That's a lot sexier than... Um, than Apocalypse World, for sure. But I certainly don't think that sex move is a flaw in the game. Uh, you, I mean, you can just easily ignore it, and you can also go into as little or as much description of those moves as feels suitable for your table, because uh, Apocalypse World is just a super fun, fun, just zany, awesome game. Peace out. Hey Joe, thanks for calling in. Always great to hear from you. Yeah, I do seem to remember maybe around the blurbs or people's blogs about it, or maybe it's even in some of the introductory passages in the book. I think it does make a point, not just of being a post-apocalyptic game, but of being a a sexy post-apocalyptic 
game, the characters are. I can't even remember off the top of my head what the attributes are, but you know, I think the characters are made out to be hot. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, you could ignore it, um, but it is there. It's a move on the character sheet. Anyway, this is not my only my perception. Let's hear what we got next. Hi Dave, listening to your message about Apocalypse World. Like you, I've wanted to play it, but the sex move thing has, has put me off. I play play with a gentleman aged between the mid-50s and mid-70s in age. And we don't particularly want to have the old sex moves thing in it. But you'd be pleased to know that they've just released a new version of Apocalypse World. Apocalypse World burned over. And apparently they've taken the sex moves out and toned down the violence. I think they might have made it even PG-13. So if you want to play Apocalypse World, check out the new Burned Over rules. Catch you later. Thanks, Pete. Pete, dragons are real there, both for, um, yeah, pointing out I'm not completely weird to have, a, to have a gaming table that was a little... I mean, my issue was slightly different. I'm not sure my issue was so much that my players were uncomfortable with the moves, but more that I was uncomfortable with where they sometimes ended up going. Uh, we've all got our... <laughs> We've all got our boundaries, we've all got our limits. But that is some good new news. I did not know that. So thanks very much, Pete, for putting me onto that. I will definitely check out the new edition um, because, well, it is the, uh, it's the originator of the Powered by the Apocalypse system and for good reason. I've heard, I've seen some things on Twitter recently. Um, I think people that don't really understand how the game is played. I've played a lot of Dungeon Worlds saying, you know, this is a lot of fuss about nothing. I don't think it is. I think it is um, a genuinely, you know, a genuinely innovative shift in gaming and I've had a lot of fun with it and I'm, I'm, I, I love, you know, you heard me talk about Borderlands. Borderlands isn't really post-apocalypse but it's kind of Mad Maxi. I love a good post-apocalyptic setting. It's a really good... Um, I think it's a really good fit with my kind of 2000 AD type uh, humour that I like to inject into games. So I'm very excited about that. Oh gosh, speaking of post-apocalyptic, I've just now seen the email telling me that my copy of Gaslands Refueled is on its way. Uh, ordered that, pre-ordered that a little while ago, had forgotten about it. That is going to compete for the last day of my weekend that's left. Sunday, I'm going to be wanting to play Borderlands 3, but now I will have a shiny new book to get into. Oh, I might be able to entice the kids to drag out the car boxes uh, and, and give that a go. Um, so that's adding to my weekend of gaming uh, after which I'll be exhausted and you'll probably hear from me on Monday. I'm really pleased now it's a sunny lunchtime on Thursday so I've got my Friday podcast done that's one thing out of the way a uh, few deadlines to meet at work and then on to finalising Kung Fu Cops ready for a busy old day on Saturday that's it from me, I'll catch you soon keep rolling on those random tables Alright, that's 20 minutes, so that's all I'm going to play for now. Got a couple of call-ins left, I'll carry them into next week, but I'm pretty pleased I got through the majority of that. Uh, I'm appending this because I meant to recommend again. Thank you, my three callers in. I was going to recommend again their podcast. So for Jason, you had the Nerds RPG Variety Cast, for 
Joe Richter, you had Hindsightless here on Anchor, but also Wheel or Woe, which I am really enjoying. I've made a commitment to following the, the second season. I'm absolutely loving, in particular at the moment, the beautifully stirring music that Joe is looping in the background. That really gets me going in my car. Um, and then we've got Pete from the Dragons Are Real podcast. Um, yeah, another one I've been... Uh, been interacting with recently uh, and I can highly recommend a listen to all of them. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact Dave, please leave a message on Anchor, email dpercentile at gmail.com or find him on Twitter at d underscore percentile.